The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 195 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. After retiring from medical practice, I became an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is empowering family caregivers with voice and visibility. Family caregivers subsidize the U.S. healthcare system by an estimated $400 billion every year. Family caregivers subsidize the Canadian healthcare system by an estimated $40 billion every year. And that together is a lot of money and a lot of effort. And when you think that 40% of families, or even more, will at some point be providing family caregiving for family members with serious or medically incurable mental and physical illnesses, or for family members with permanent physical conditions present from birth or resulting from injury or serious health events like strokes, or for family members who are at the end of life, What you think about is the huge amount of effort reflected by that, uh, those, those people and the savings, the subsidies to the healthcare system. But too often, family caregivers aren't even recognized by the name family caregiver, but instead are called carers, caregivers, informal caregivers, or simply unpaid caregivers. So the question is, what do they need to do to get recognized? which is why our topic today, empowering family caregivers with voice and visibility, is so important. And to discuss it, our guest is Donna Messer. Now, Donna is the queen of networking. She's an author, speaker, and coach, and an inspiring and passionate motivator who's addressed thousands of people on three continents. She's a former broadcast journalist, She's the author of more than 4,000 articles published around the world. Her book, Effective Networking Strategies, is a Canadian bestseller. Her new book, Cycles of Life, Keeping You on Track, weaves wisdom, philosophy, and innovation together to illustrate how to build the relationships needed to succeed. She hosts radio and television programs interviewing Canadians with a story to tell, She's social media savvy and knows the importance of international visibility. She's on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And she serves on the executive board for Women in Food Industry Management, is an active Rotarian, and is on the board of the United Way of Oakville. So, Donna, welcome to the show. 
much, Gordon. I'm delighted to be here, and I'm really looking forward to sharing with you some of the ways that a voice from someone like me can really add value to uh, the groups that don't really have their voice heard. That's exactly what we want. So let's get started with the first question. First question is about you, Donna. Please tell us more about your personal story and whether you or your family have experience of family caregiving. Donna? Yeah, okay. Well, uh, going back in time, have I experienced uh, family caregiving? Yes, I have. Uh, if I were to think about uh, my actual family... I had, I was lucky enough to have grandparents, and I was lucky to have healthy grandparents who lived to be uh, relatively old, but reached a stage where they needed care. And it was lucky for me that one of the uh, opportunities I had was to work with seniors. And I recognized that one of the things that keeps a senior going is the ability to tell their stories. And unfortunately, sometimes families say, oh, for God's sake, are you going to say that story again? So one of the things I was able to do was to capture a lot of the stories from seniors and to share those stories with other people. Because I'm a speaker, I would go and talk to people like my grandmother, and I would say, tell me your story, because I think people need to hear it. And what I was able to do was to um, be the voice of a lot of seniors who nobody really wanted to listen to anymore. So I don't know whether that is of interest, but that's one of the things that I did. I, I also worked with a group, now I don't know what it's called in, uh, in the States, but in Canada it was at the time called ARC Industries. And ARC Industries were people who uh, were challenged but wanted to work. And the jobs that they wanted to do were jobs that really nobody else wanted. I owned a company at the time that was a manufacturing company. We had about 100 employees, and we needed someone to make our containers. Now, my company was called Orange Crate, and I wanted wooden crates. At the time we started, my husband made those crates, and he got to the point where he said, if I make another crate, I'm going to kill somebody. So I heard that there was something called Arc Industries, and I went and found the people who worked with the people who were challenged, and I showed them what I needed, and they said, we would love to do them, and we will do them as part of our training. Now, Gordon, I've got to tell you that I kept my company for 10 years, and that group grew from six people to a factory, and they made all of my containers, all my crates, and they went on to make uh, crates for all kinds of things, and it was because I recognized the ability they had, not the disability. Great. Now, I want to, you to tell us a little bit more about the work you actually do in your business right okay, now. Okay, well, my business is communications. The company is called Connectus Communications, and um, I am what I would call a business matchmaker. Uh, as a speaker, I will go and um, I'm hired by people all around the world. I'll give you an example. I'm speaking to a group in Saskatchewan, and the group is called SARC, and it's the Saskatchewan Association of Rehabilitation Centers. Now, I don't have to know anything about rehabilitation centers, but what i got to know is what their problem is and how I can, through all of my research, come up with some solutions that I can share with them. So Connectus is, is really... Uh, 
a go-to place. I think outside the box. I'm a good communicator. I use video, audio, everything I can, and I always talk about them, not me. So when you ask me about Connect Us, it's not that I talk about myself a lot. I don't. What I do is I talk to the people who hire me, and I say to them, tell me what you need, and I'll make it happen. So uh, Connectus is a matchmaker. We have made business matches. Last year, we set a Guinness World Record, and we made over 4,000 business matches in just over two hours. Now, that's unheard of. Whether anybody will ever match that record, I don't know. I did not do it on my own. And, Gordon, that is probably one of the secrets to my success. I sell what I'm good at, and I buy what I'm not good at. So I always have a team that can help me do what needs to be done for my client, for my company, or for the volunteer organizations that I work with. Okay. Now let's ask you about a project or projects you've done that helped empower groups of people where they needed voice and visibility, and through the way you work, you were able to get them voice and visibility. Tell us about a project like that. Okay, I'm going to use um, Loretta Reed, and Loretta Reed has spina bifida. And um, I am a foster mom for Dog Guides of Canada. I was speaking at a conference in Toronto for librarians, and uh, I had the permission from the hotel that I could take this little pup in the green jacket all over the hotel because my role as a foster mom for a dog guide is to teach them behavior, to behave themselves and to be able to go anywhere. So I'm walking this dog through a restaurant and there is a little girl sitting in a wheelchair. She looks at the dog, she looks at me, and then she sees written on the little green jacket, please ask my handler if I can touch the dog. So she said to me, can I pet the dog? And I said, yes, you can. She slid out of her wheelchair. The dog went to the floor. There was a lot of licking and kissing, and I'm not sure whether one was kissing, one was licking, but it was love. And this little girl looked at me, and she said, I want this dog. And I said, well, he is not ready for you yet, but tell me, how old are you? She said, I'm 14. I said, okay, you're old enough. I will get you a dog. Now, I had never met this little girl before. And I said, tell me a little bit about yourself. And she said, my name is Loretta Reed, and I'm the poster girl for the Easter Seal campaign this year. I said, oh, that's wonderful. That's really exciting. I would really like to know more about who you are, Loretta, to show, you know, that you are doing so much with a disability. And she said, well, I'd really like to connect with you. Would you like a copy of my book? I said, you have a book? And she said, Yes, and she looked to her mother, and she said, Mom, can I give her a copy of my book? Mother says, yes. She puts into my hands a book called Zoom, and it was written by someone that you might have heard of. His name is Robert Munch. And this little girl had so much gumption that when she was probably around 11, she asked her mother why there had never been a book about a little girl or a little boy in a wheelchair. And her mother said, I don't know. And her mother had read uh, a lot of Robert Munch's books. So Loretta said, I'm going to call him and find out why he doesn't write books for kids in wheelchairs. And she called him, and Robert Munch said, I haven't written one because I've never met someone who's like you in a wheelchair. I'll write your story. 
Now, what I have done, Gordon, is I have told her story. I found her a dog. I got it trained. Loretta is a role model for kids with disabilities. She is a delight. And Daisy, her black lab, has taken her through high school. She is now in university. And she is one amazing young woman. That's what I can do. Because Loretta couldn't tell everybody how amazing she was. Donna, that fits with what you said earlier. That is, you look at people for their abilities rather than their disabilities. Would you, would you agree with me in saying that that's what you did for the little girl, Loretta? Absolutely, because I asked her if she liked to write, and she said yes. I said, then, I write. Why don't you write some stories for me, and I'll get them published for you? You've got to have visibility, Gordon. Visibility gives you credibility, and credibility makes you profitable, whether it is to raise funds for an organization, to uh, get you the job that you want. It doesn't matter what it is. If there's 20 people and you all have the same thing, you have to stand out. And I believe standing out is visibility. So it's written, it's audio, it's print, it's, it's video. It, it doesn't matter. We just got to get you out there. So Voice of America and what you're doing is a perfect way to help people help themselves. Right. And we're looking to you um, to give, them, give us some tips and hints and advice on how to actually do this. Okay, and so, so can I be technical a little bit? Yes. Now, I want to just say we've only a few seconds left. So if you could just tell us what you're going to tell us, then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and let you tell it us properly. So okay. what are you going to tell In us Okay, in order about? for you to have visibility and credibility and profitability, I have a strategy. I will give you all of the strategy after the break, but it starts with visibility, and visibility starts with using social media properly. Right. And that, in a way, is what we're already doing. So that's great. So let's now go to the break. This is where, I, as I love to say, we have to pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Averley, and my guest is Donna Messer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paula Joy, who built a $50 million-plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America, and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. Joining Paul as co-host is radio personality Kim Reed, an experienced entrepreneur and corporate leader who's known as the Corporatepreneur. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Donna Messer. Our topic is Empowering Family Caregivers with Voice and Visibility. I want to talk now about the challenges that have to be overcome by a group that needs voice and visibility. And it needs those things because it hasn't got enough of an audience and needs more visibility in places where decisions are made. Now, Donna, you'd mentioned social media, and I'm going to give you that question in a moment. But first of all, I'd like you to tell us about the challenges for a group that wants to get listened to and heard and seen in ways that gets its needs understood. What are the challenges they face? The biggest challenge, in my opinion, Gordon, is the fact that they are they're me-centered. And when I say me-centered, they're thinking about what they need. I need, I need, I need. What I try to teach people, it's not just what I need, it's what I can give. Um, I'm on the board for United Way. I'm on the board for a lot of charitable things. And all I hear is, we have a need. And what I try to teach them is, how can there be a win on both sides? You think about the large corporations that sponsor a lot of the not-for-profits. And what they do is they just talk about themselves. They don't tell the stories. They don't give the success stories like the Loretta's of this world. If I had the opportunity, I would go to every single charity and I would teach them how to take the me and turn that M upside down to a W and talk about we. Talk about how we can help others. How we, regardless of our ability or our disability, and share with them something that will add value to who they are, not just because I need their money or their support. So that, to me, is one of the things that everyone needs to learn. They need to be able to tell the stories. Imagine having a a radio program or a television program, and it was about all of these incredible people who have achieved, regardless of who they are or what they've done. I was at an event two weeks ago. There was a young man from, uh, I believe he was from somewhere in, in South Africa. And uh, honestly, I saw him. He was on elbow crutches. His body was completely twisted. And he stood up and he made a speech and he said, it's, I owe it all to my family. They never told me I couldn't do it. And he said, you know what? I grew up just doing it. So I think that my best advice is talk about what you already accomplished Don't talk only about your needs. Okay, now I'm going to take that and what you just said and weld it into the next question. I want you to tell us about the challenges for a group that wants to participate in influential places. You know, that's where decisions get made and money gets allocated 
and all that kind of thing. And I was going to ask you, in ways that gets its needs considered, that's a group, but I'm changing it now, the way in which it gets its me-to-we story considered. So what are the challenges for a group like that? Well, it's finding the we's. And so let's be hypothetical and say that um, the group needs to um, reach people who are influential in banking, in finance, in insurance, people who have money who are, are normally, um, they do volunteer work and they want to help people. How can um, an agency find those people? The secret is becoming actively involved on a board, and that board should not be a board for those who are disabled. It should be a board for people who care about the environment, about health care, about children, about something that that person who is a we can start building a relationship with those other people who have what they're looking for. But they're building the rapport before they're asking for anything. Do you teach people, Gordon, to look um, under the um, state governments, the federal governments, the provincial governments, to see if there's a fit? Because if there is a fit and someone who has a special need can get out there and show and tell how great they are, all of a sudden all of those people who are on that board with them are saying, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know that people who had whatever could actually handle all this. I want to know more. Can you tell me more? So I think with someone like me, I look at people and say, okay, what do you care about? What do you do? Let me introduce you to somebody who is like you. So, you know, if, for instance, uh, it's, it's someone who loves to, um, to travel and there is an opportunity to meet with other people who like to travel, well, you know, maybe that, that person with a special needs has to travel differently, but there's a common denominator of they both like to travel and they can talk about where they've been. People like people who are like themselves. They buy from them, they sell to them, they hire them, they refer them, they pay them. And if we can find ways to help the organizations who you are looking to help find their common ground, which is not we all need money, I know that it makes a difference, and you can measure the difference. I guarantee it. So what it comes to is going back to something else you said, and that is stories. But the story isn't of need. The story is of what we achieved. Is that right? Absolutely. Nobody needs to hear all the bad. Gordon, think about the news. Think about what you read. It's all doom and gloom. It's about how this, uh, this person dies, that person dies. When you and I were kids, there was comedy. There was all kinds of stuff that was fun. Now we watch a television show and somebody's getting blown up. We, watch a, we, we read a newspaper and it's somebody's doing something terrible. When you can tell good stories and you can get them out there, you're outstanding. So when I go anywhere, I take stories with me. I tell stories about Down syndrome. I tell stories about people with aphasia. I tell stories about people that I know who have achieved incredible things. And the reason I tell those stories is because they're part of my life. 
And what I can do is I can give back to them by sharing their stories. And when somebody says, well, I'd really like to know more, I say, let me introduce you to that person. They can connect you. Now, they, they're not the fundraiser. They're just the person who's made a difference. Yeah. Does that make now, Donna, sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Donna, I'm going to take you down a slightly different road. I can handle it. Same. All right. We live in a political times where money's short yep. and not everybody agrees with everybody else about how the money should be spent and, 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 and who should do the job and where the job should be done and all the rest of it. So I want you to talk to us, please, about the challenges for a group that needs voice and vis- visibility, has a we, we, me story or me to we story, but which faces stip- stiff opposition from influential groups. Tell us about those challenges and how you respond to them. Okay, one of the biggest challenges I run into is transparency. Um, Today, with Sarbanes-Oxley and all of those things, we need to be transparent. And if you think about some of the uh, newspaper reports that come out, the transparency is not equal everywhere. They start talking about how much money the administrator of this made versus somebody else. Now, I'm on United Way. I know where we spend the money. I'm a volunteer. But when I read some of the stuff that's out there, I'm horrified because it's not necessarily true. They twist things. So um, I say that uh, you have to be transparent. You have to be willing to put your, your, your life on, on the line and say, here's what this organization does. This is what we do for the people we support. This is what it costs to do the support, and it's a percentage. You know, you may say that, you know, the administrator makes a huge amount of money, but if you look at how much money is going back out to the community versus how much is being costed in administration, there is a, there is a blend. It works, but the, the newspapers and, and the reporters pick it up so that it looks, oh, wow, you know, look what's happening. So transparency is, is important. Compliance is important. As a United Way board member, people come to us every year and they apply for funds. Well, if they want to get money from a support group like us, they must be compliant. They must fill out the forms properly and they must give us every bit of information that we require so that we can measure them against others who are asking for money. There's no favoritism. It's all based on a matrix. And if you fill it in and you do it right, you get your money, as long as we've raised enough. Now, that raises another question. A lot of times, not-for-profits or people with special needs don't know how to raise money. So I would say one of the biggest things that we can do to help people is to show them how to raise money within their own means. So that doesn't mean they're running a marathon. It doesn't mean that they're doing anything that is impossible but it is doing something that is possible, practical, and profitable. Donna, does that come back again to the story, the me-we story? Look at what we really achieved and look at the things that we had to use, or rely on, to achieve the things we did. Mm-hmm. So we want to achieve more, and I'm now taking this a step further by saying, and we can help you 
um, the organization that's doing the funding gets some public- good publicity out of doing some good work. Absolutely. Now, am I going too far? That, you hit that? the nail on the head, Gordon. If you can make the funder happy, look good, feel empowered, they are going to do everything they can to help that, that organization. Let me give you an example. I, with two colleagues, are going to host a day-long event, which we are not being paid for. It's a strategic sales and marketing expo, and we are going to be doing a full-day event, and the funds raised are for Alzheimer's, okay? And the reason that we are doing it is that each of us have been touched by Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is having problems raising the funds that they need, so what they've done is they've come to us as experts. We're well-known, and if they had to pay us, it would have cost them a fortune, but we've do- donated our time, and I just did a video today. A colleague did a video two days ago talking about the fact that we are going to be there, and we are encouraging people to come and pay to learn what we have to share with them and that the funds raised will go to Alzheimer's. Now, that's a good fundraiser. It doesn't cost them anything, and it's raising awareness, and it's a we, not a me. Yeah, excellent. Now, Again, the tyranny of time is upon us, so we have to take the break now. Uh, this is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Donna Messer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Donna Mercer. Our topic is empowering family caregivers with voice and visibility. So let's talk now about the help that family caregivers require in getting their needs and their stories, their me-we stories, heard and considered, and where they may be able to help find that help. Now, Donna, you've already indicated several of these things, but I really want to go in a, into more detail with you about okay, types of help. So let me just ask you this question. What are the most important types of help that you think is required? And why and in what ways are the particular types of help so important? Donna? Okay. Well, and this is my perspective, so bear with me if it's not everyone's. One of the things that I think is most important is that caregivers have the opportunity to um, relegate the care to others. As a person who has had people in her family, I've been in the sandwich generation where I'm looking after my kids and I'm looking after my parents and I'm stressed. I can't do it all. I've got to run a business. I need to have somebody I can count on. Now, one of the things that I have done, Gordon, is because I'm a researcher and because I like to write, I go out and I find the kinds of caregivers that are out there and I find out what they can do and whether or not they are a good alliance for me. Now, what I do, and I don't recommend that everybody do what I do, but I call them and I say, hi, my name is Donna Messer. I write for a number of different publications. I'd really like to know what your company does vis-a-vis caregivers and with what kind of care do you give and what kind of people with special needs. And when I find out who they are and I write about them, I post that and I send that information to the organizations that could benefit from that. And this is a third party. This is what I have found out about a company that offers care to someone like me who cannot look after the family all of the time. So can I name a few names? Sure. Okay. Um, Nurse Next Door. I don't know whether you've ever heard of Nurse Next Door, but I heard about it about five years ago, and I decided I would do a study on it, and I, I wrote an article. And what I really found out was that the two people who founded Nurse Next Door were two guys who were looking for answers to help their family with a need. And no matter where they went in Canada, they couldn't find it. So they went all over the world looking for what was offered vis-a-vis service. And each of them had strengths from business experience and schooling, and they brought those strengths back, and they put together a company that was, in my mind, state-of-the-art. And what it did was it, it gave people like me the opportunity to sit down and tell them about the people I cared for and what would be their special needs if I was not able to look after them. They took all of that information, they fed it back to me and said, is this correct? They asked me questions like, does your grandmother like dogs? Does she have any allergies? Uh, What kind of movies does she like? All kinds of things, because they said, if you want us to help you and we can do something that make your grandmother feel comfortable, that's what we want to do. So they took it all, they, I signed it, didn't cost me anything, it was sent electronically to their head office in British Columbia, and I, I had a little number, and they said, if you ever need us, just call, and it's a menu. 
You tell us what you need, we'll send you the menu, and you'll know what it's going to cost. Now, to me, that was amazing. I'm not in that business. But, boy, was it great to know that I could pick up the phone and say, i got to be out of town for three days. Now, I don't need to have anybody with my grandmother all the time, but she needs to go to the doctor. She has to have some shopping done. And can you take her? Yeah, what does she like to do? Well, she loves the movies. Well, take her to a movie. Okay, perfect. So right. that's an example. Okay. Now, what that comes to, I think, is that there are people who are taking away some of the work of the family caregiver in particular circumstances, taking some of the strain, giving the family caregiver an opportunity to do other things that need to be done in the family caregiver's life. Now, let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, When you're talking about the kind of help being delivered to the person that's being cared for as a way of assisting the family caregiver, do you want to go any further? I mean, for example, what about the health of the family caregiver? How, How would you factor that into your, so to speak, prescription for this help for family caregivers? No, and that's a good question. So, again, I'm answering it from my perspective. The, yes. the family caregiver, Gordon, has this, this guilt. I have to. It's my responsibility. And they, they feel if they are giving it to someone else that they're, they're shirking. So what I do is I sit down with those people, and I'm hired by organizations to do just that. And I say, you know, you're not that F on your shirt. It's not Superman. Sometimes it could be stupid man. You've got to be able to be healthy and happy in order to really give to your family. And as a family caregiver, if you are stressed beyond belief because you can't do it all, take the time and give someone the opportunity to spend some time with your loved one where you can take a deep breath. Get your nails done. You know, uh, go to the library. Uh, watch a movie. Do something. It takes you away from that stress because if you don't go away, if you don't move off it occasionally, you're going to get sick. And, you know, somebody who's a caregiver who's sick is no good. So I have, Absolutely right. Yep. I have personal experience with people that I've worked with, and I've sat down with them and said, you know what? It's not bad to give away a little bit of that responsibility. That doesn't make you a lesser person. Right. Donna, I've heard a lot of that uh, on this show, and all I can say to you is I believe you're absolutely right in in the way you've just described that. Now, I'm going back to story, and I want a success story where it concerns a group, because what's starting to happen, as you know, family caregivers are starting to well, if not unite, certainly form groups, talking together, they meet They share their thoughts, they share their ideas, and they share their problems. Um, And some of them, particularly um, family caregivers caring for family members with serious mental illnesses, are starting to get really quite well organized. Please would you give us an example of a success story of a group like that that succeeded in getting its um, we needs heard and understood. Yeah, I can actually, Gordon, and um, you know, you're prompting me, and these are just stories that are popping out of my head, but I was hired by an organization that uh, did look after um, a number of different 
associations, all of whom were part of a, a special need when it came to uh, challenges um, with uh, any kind of brain damage, any kind of special need. And so my role was to help the parents um, to help their, their kids. And it was to find employment, if possible, for these particular kids. Now, when I'm saying kids, they were adults, but uh, their families looked on them as their children, regardless of what their age group was. Uh, this was happening in, um, in Ontario. It was over in, in Niagara Falls area. And I was um, asked if I would chat with some of the people who were special needs and ask them what they would like to do. And, uh, you know, you've got to recognize that even if they have a special need, they, they, they can communicate. They can tell you what they like. And so this is one particular story that is a success story. And um, the mom and dad had told the young man that he would get a job and he would get a job in doing X. And I'm going to say it was, you know, he was going to be a cart boy. He was going to go and work in a grocery store. And he was fighting with his parents, and he was not going to cooperate, and they were very unhappy with him because he was not listening to them. So I sat down with him, and I said, what would you like to do? What do you like? And he said to me, I like soccer. I said, you like soccer? He said, yeah, I like soccer. I said, what else do you like? He said, I like fish. And I sat with him, and I said to him, how would you like to be a ball boy on an indoor soccer field. His eyes lit up and he said, I could gather all the balls, I could put them in the cupboard, I could count them, I could, and I said, as far as I know, yeah, that would be a perfect job for you. And he said, I love it. I said, well, let's not get too excited yet. You like fish. What would it be if, if you could go and you could feed the fish, you could water the fish, you could do a whole bunch of things in a big Al's fish store? And his eyes lit up again. He said, really? I, I, could, I could do that? I could keep it clean? I could look after the fish? I and I said, absolutely, they give you rules. But if you like it and you're good at it, you could have a job. And he sat there and he just lit up. And I brought his parents over and I said, you know, I said, you live in Fort Erie. And there is a new soccer field indoor. I said, they would be delighted to have your son help them because they don't have anybody looking after the balls. And I said, as far as Big Owls is concerned, they have a, a policy that they want to help and they want to hire people with special needs. Your son will be in his glory and you will have absolutely no problem with him. Now, i got to tell you, Gordon, that young man got the job and he's as happy as can be and his parents said, you taught us something. We never asked him what he want, wanted. We told him what we thought he should do. That's what they don't do right. Powerful, because what it comes to is let's not see people with disabilities as disabled, disabled physically, mentally, or in terms of ambitions, desires, interests, and those kinds of things. Yeah. And that's what you did, isn't it? You said... We're not going to look at things that way. We're going to ask him what he wants to do, what gets him excited, what gets him interested, and it paid off. I can tell you one more story if you've got time. Well, we're going to go into the... This is very rude. Please make it quick because we have a break coming up, and if we don't finish it, I'll give you a chance in the final episode. Okay, the this final is a young segment. girl. She, yep. again, had special needs, 
and um, she had um, physical, as uh, she had physical special needs, and she had reached the age where there was no more money to keep her in school. And uh, her mother was furious with her because she just wasn't cooperating. And I asked this young girl what she wanted, and she said, I want to drive a car. I want to get my driver's license. And her mother said, you can't get your driver's license. And the reason she said no, she was worried that her daughter would hurt herself. What I did was I asked everybody I knew if there was a way that this young girl who had a physical disability could drive a car. And I heard that they could adapt a car for this young lady. So I went to my connections, which were Rotarians, and I said, how would you like to buy a car and adapt it so this young girl could be a driver? And you know what? They said, yeah, we'd like to help that. That's a great deal. So somebody who had a car dealership donated the car. Somebody who was a mechanic donated the change. And this young girl learned to drive, and her mother is now happy, and so is the young girl. It's a good Excellent. story, and it's a true story, and it was because somebody else said, tell me, what would you really like? Now, the mother didn't want to say no because she didn't want her. She was afraid. Yeah, exactly. We've got to deal with that. Now, great point. We're going to take the break now. Uh, this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Donna Messer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Donna Mesa. Our topic is Empowering Family Caregivers with Voice and Visibility. You know, our title today, Empowering Family Caregivers with Voice and Visibility, reflects a real challenge for family caregivers. And therefore, it raises the question of what are the things that need to be done to help family caregivers win the attention they need. Um, Need, we've discussed that. It's a matter of the me we need, but nevertheless, attention is part of it. So, Donna, what more do you want to do and see done generally to help family caregivers caring for family members with the kind of things we've been talking about, serious, incurable, physical, mental illnesses, and including helping family members who are at the end of the life? What, 
what do you want to do yourself and what more do you want to see done? I would like to see more champions. Uh, and when I say champions, Gordon, that is not necessarily someone who is currently uh, in a situation where they are a caregiver, but that they understand what it's like to be a caregiver, that they, uh, they've walked in, in the shoes of someone like them. And uh, those people who are champions, uh, like me, they can be the voice of an organization. They don't have to get paid. They have to care and they have to speak with passion about what they know about the organization or the people or uh, who is being supported. In order to get a voice, you need to have a voice. And oftentimes that voice is not the uh, president of the organization, uh, someone who belongs. It's someone who has become their champion. So if you think about it, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I bring people with me who are part of some type of disability. And I tell a story, and there will be an audience of four, five, six hundred, a thousand. And I will say to them, how many of you know about? And I don't get anything technical. I tell a story, and I'll say to them, if you want to help me, just email me, and I'll make the introduction. And that's how I make things happen. I can be a voice. And because I truly believe in a lot of organizations, I'm a good voice. I'm a third party. I'm not getting paid. Do I ever get paid for those organizations? How it happens, Gordon, and you talked about it just before the break. I am hired to bring a whole group of different types of organizations together to work together. They don't want to work together because they're afraid that if they give any secrets away, maybe they'll lose some of the income that they get from their supporters. I teach them that by working together, you can get more. So, you know, the association that does a run has a great methodology on how to run a special run. The people who do a drive for something else have another way. We can all share information, and by sharing, we sometimes get a better deal because we can buy in in bulk. And... I have had 17 different not-for-profit organizations in one room for a full day. Nobody killed anybody. And we left with all of them saying, I didn't know that you didn't know what I knew. And they all had something that they could share with each other that didn't distract from who they were. It didn't take money away from them. It actually made them more profitable because their voice was now being shared by another organization. That was wonderful. Right. Now, I'm going to ask you exactly the same question, but it's what you want to see done by the medical profession to be more helpful to family caregivers in the situations we've been talking about. What do you want to see that my erstwhile profession do more and better? Well, I think that uh, perhaps one of the things, if it's possible, would be for the medical profession to become more aware of all of the alliances that could be out there that would help their patients uh, and their patients' families cope better. Doctors are really good at doing what they do, but they don't do all of the caregiving. So perhaps if there were opportunities for uh, the medical profession to learn more about what's out there 
vis-a-vis care, I think that would be much more valuable. And if there were funds to sometimes pay for some of those caregivers, that would also be wonderful. When you say funds, where would the funds come from and where where would they go to? Well, um, I'm not an expert at this, but I would say if uh, if funds could be raised with a particular um, format. So, uh, again, I'll have to be hypothetical, but let's say we, we decided that we're going to raise, um, you know, uh, $50,000, and the $50,000 is not going into administration or A, B, or C. It is going into... Um, the, uh, the needs of a specific group, and that specific group needs something that the medical profession can't give them. I don't know what it is. I know we're raising money uh, in next month, and we're doing a three-on-three hockey tournament, and all of the funds that we're raising are going to uh, grieving children. They're going to special areas that don't get a lot of money. And we have arranged so that all of the money that is given will go directly to those grieving children. And the reason we're doing it is because somebody came and told us it was all it was happening. Now, what we were able to do was we were able to go to all of the uh, local television stations and ask them if they would be interested in being part of this three-on-three hockey. So we have every television station within a 100-mile radius are putting in a team. Now, that tells you that we're going to get a lot of coverage because each of those teams are going to be talking about who they are and what they do on their television program. And they're going to be talking about where the funds are going. And they're going to be talking about how they care about it. Even if they didn't know about it before, they're going to be well-versed by the time it's over. Got it. Very good. Now, I want to ask you your message that you'd like to pass to groups of family caregivers seeking voice and visibility. What's the takeaway you'd like them to have from you? I think the takeaway is don't get discouraged. Uh, Find people in your network that are experts in a field that you're not. And then sit down with them and say, here's what I need. Who do you know? I talk about using social media. If they don't know how to use social media, it is important that they find someone who can. I use it. I say visibility gives you credibility. Credibility makes you profitable. I encourage everybody to to use blogging, to use Twitter, to use Facebook, to use uh, radio stations like yours, to have videos. Uh, Get yourself out there, not you the caregiver, but you the person who cares. And if you can do that, people will start spreading the word. And today, if you look at the generation that we've got, it's all social media. They are all online, on their phones, all the time. Give them the opportunity to find out more about caregivers, about what's needed. Do research projects. um, Ask questions. Get them involved. Because in the future, if we want to help our family caregivers, we've got to give the family a chance to tell their story. That comes back to the story once more, and that comes back to the story of what the family caregivers are actually doing um, from the me to we. The story isn't fully and solely 
the stress and strain either family caregiver are living under. It's look at what I'm doing to care for my family member and look how well it's working, but I do need more support. Is that right? Absolutely, and, and I'll give you one more story. And this is Teresa. And Teresa was a, a, a perfect little girl until she was about three. And uh, she went through a series of, of problems where she became totally disabled. She is nonverbal. She is in a wheelchair. Um, she is... Um, uh, 21 years old, and she has to have care 24-7. Now, the caregivers that come are caregivers that care. And I'll tell you, I would not hesitate to, to sit down with each and every one of those people who come in and work with Teresa because her dad certainly can't look after her 24-7. And the people who come in and give her the care, they do care. And it's you know, she may not be able to talk to them, but she knows the one she likes, and, and it shows, and it's just amazing. Now, I've told Teresa's story many times, and you'd be surprised at the number of people who come and say hello to Teresa. Yeah. Uh, she just celebrated her 21st birthday. I went and took her flowers. And Donna, unfortunately, I, uh, that's, this is sad for me to do, but I do have to stop us because we're running out of time. But I think, nevertheless, you're, the point that you're making has come through very, very clearly. Well, I'm so happy you that you and I connected, Gordon. Um, if my message is, is anything, it is everybody counts. And if right. you want your voice to be heard, make sure that you've got someone with a voice who will talk and tell your story. Very good. And thank, thank you, you for so that. much, Gordon. Okay. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode is Veterans Caring for Veterans. Please join us same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.